Hi, everyone. You're listening to Nat Alliance Now, the podcast series brought to you by the National Alliance for Insurance Education and Research. I'm your host, Bob Rogers. And today we're talking with Cindy Moyers, who is uh, an agency owner from Tennessee, who is on our national faculty. We're very fortunate to have Cindy with us. She is the past president of the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors in Tennessee. She is uh, very active in the health insurance marketplace uh, and has been uh, instrumental in helping us with our curriculum just finished, uh, CISR, uh, the new program we're rolling out for self-paced and helped us with that and uh, uh, actually starred in part of the video production with it. And uh, we're fortunate to have her with us today. She's in Austin uh, doing a CIC Life and Health Institute here. And we were able to uh, get her uh, in here into the nerve center of the National Alliance before she did the CIC. So we're welcome to ha have, happy to have you with us, Cindy. Welcome. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Our, our topic today is, um, is navigating through Medicare. And that is a very, very uh, open-ended topic. It covers many things. And, and many of our participants uh, work with uh, clients who are Medicare eligible and, and really have the opportunity to uh, uh, be a tremendous resource to these people uh, as they become eligible for Medicare, as they deal with uh, different uh, opportunities that are afforded through Medicare. And uh, so we'd like to really talk about what are the what are the issues how do we navigate through it and uh, and talk about medicare from a from an agent's perspective as well as from a consumer's perspective so i guess to start with uh, tell us how medicare works i know i've heard about the original medicare uh, program and then medicare advantage so cindy how does medicare work well medicare is different than the traditional group products that many of our uh, Medicare recipients are, are used to navigating through their group health insurance provider. But Medicare is generally sponsored for those people who are age 65 and over, who are retiring, uh, eligible for Medicare, and that is the health insurance portion for our mature folks that have worked so long and now they're Medicare eligible. But we have Medicare, which is commonly referred to as our red, white, and blue card. Everyone knows what we're talking about for that. Right. So we age into Medicare is one of the primary ways that we receive health insurance through Medicare. And that is divided into two parts. First of all, Part A is the hospital insurance that pays for our health insurance while we're hospitalized. And then we that is actually free premium to us if we have earned it. And you earn Medicare Part A free premium by working at least 10 quarters uh, prior to your retirement and to your aging into uh, Medicare. So I, it's not really free. I've already paid for it. I've exactly. paid for it in my working years, and then I'm going to receive those benefits when I retire. Exactly. Much as Social Security, the same thing. I pay into it, and then I, I get that back when I retire. And for those people who haven't earned that through their working history, there is a premium associated with that. So if I don't qualify for the premium that I've already paid into it, just like you said, I can actually pay for Medicare Part A and receive that benefit that way and pay a premium for it. 
Uh, it's a pretty hefty premium, over four hundred dollars as it stands right now for Goodness. that premium. So for uh, an individual, for an individual, per that's month. correct per month. So I can I can pay for it if I haven't earned that right through my working years. That's exactly right. Goodness gracious. So Medicare Part B is yes. what pays for our doctor visits, our outpatient uh, health care costs that we receive. That does require premium payment, and that changes every year. Uh, CMS will announce what those premiums are going to be. And CMS is? The Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services that they will uh, tell us what those premiums are going to be. Right. And they have the ability to change how Medicare works, to address the different parts of Medicare. And we'll talk further in our discussion on some ways that that is happening right. uh, regarding Medicare and the coverages that are there. So they can make changes to Medicare and how it pays for services at their discretion. Does, does everybody pay the, the, the same premium for Part B? How does that work? I know we're going to kind of touch on that a little bit. We'll touch on that, but yes, there's a standard premium uh, that right now is about $135 a month for Part B. Uh, you can be charged an additional premium for the income-related adjustment. If you are a high-wage earner when you retire, there's some additional premium payments that you make. Uh, so if you're a high-wage earner, uh, you will pay additional premium related to Part B premiums. Right, right. So uh, Medicare has those two primary parts. So when you receive your red, white, and blue card, Medicare doesn't pay for everything. And I think that's the biggest adjustment the beneficiaries of Medicare make is they think that's all they need. Although it pays the for many services, it doesn't pay for everything. So a lot of uh, people will want to do a Medicare supplement that takes over and pays in connection with Medicare. So Medicare red, white, and blue card pays first, then your supplement will pay uh, the remaining services as long as those are covered by Medicare. That's one of the requirements, as we've said uh, before that I tell my clients. If Medicare says it's a covered service, then your supplement will most likely come in and pay the remainder of those services. Right, right. But if Medicare does not approve that service, nor will your supplement. So it's kind of like in the we we know in in our in our property casualty business we talk about following form policies. That's what a supplement is. It follows the Medicare basic coverages, and then if if the basic coverages pay, then the supplement's going to pay. It's not going to pay something that the basic coverage isn't going to pay. That's correct. Yeah. That's a great analogy of that for those of us that are watching this in the insurance business. Right. Uh, that's right. It, it normally does not provide broader coverage. It does follow the form of Medicare and what it says it pays. Right. Well, and and you know I know a big a big issue today is uh, <clears throat> being a, being a uh, a senior citizen, I am very sensitive, as are many of my uh, compatriots, to prescription drugs and prescription costs. And uh, tell us about that part of Medicare, uh, how that works. Well, with your Medicare red, white, and blue card, you do not have prescription benefits with that card. So that is something different that many people who are just learning about Medicare don't understand all these moving parts and why you need all of these different insurance products to help pay for your health care cost. Right. But Part D, prescription drug coverage, uh, is pays for your prescriptions. It is not included in the red, white, and blue card. And those premiums vary. Uh, Bob, they are from $15 a month on up to over $100 a month. And the main thing to remember about your prescription drug cost is that it varies in the formulary. In other words, the covered list of drugs. 
uh, are available. However, the plan is standardized. Premiums may be different. The list of drugs may be different, but the plan design itself is pretty consistent and it consists of four parts. So when I get a prescription drug card, one of the first things I want to know is does that plan that I'm purchasing or considering for purchase, does that plan have a deductible? That can be optional. If it has a deductible, it can apply to all prescription drugs or it may only apply to those who are, that are not generic. So that's the first part we wanna learn is does my plan for prescription drugs have a deductible that applies? So if it does, I have to pay that deductible. The second question or phase of Part D prescription drug coverage is the initial coverage guideline. So in that initial coverage limit, I will pay a portion of my drugs as a copay, and the insurance company will pay the remainder. And it will go to a certain threshold amount that varies every year. And as long as I'm paying copays, I'll stay in that threshold amount. And a copay is a flat dollar amount or is it a percentage? What is it? What's a copay? Thank you. That's a great question. For tiers one and two, which is our preferred and traditional generic drugs, right. most of those will be a flat copay, but you touched on a very important part. Tiers three, four, and five, which are our preferred and non-preferred and specialty drugs, it converts to a percentage. So it's very important to review your list of medications, sit with an agent, or investigate that yourself if you choose, but make sure that you understand that the prescription drug you take, what the tier structure is and what your coinsurance or payment might be. Uh, that's a very important phase of that is that it's not all just a standard copay like we're used to on a traditional plan. Right, so it's not $10 or $15, it's 20% or 50, uh, of whatever the, the, the bill may be. That's correct. I, I have, uh, uh, in the past, I've always heard that one of the best things about the Medicare.gov website is the prescription drug uh, uh, tab that you can go in and, and, and put your area down. Many of us are on you know, different types of drugs for different things. We're on uh, uh, maintenance drugs. Uh, you know, I, I think about you know, high blood pressure, cholesterol, those kinds of things. And, and then others are on uh, you know, other drugs for various issues. Uh, uh, what do you think about that website as a, as a way to, to look at, at what's, the, what's the best program for the best cost? Is that a, is that a good place to go? Medicare.gov has a tremendous amount of resources which are company neutral. Right. These are ways that you can find out about your prescriptions, do a drug cost estimator uh, that gives you a perspective on what your cost might be if you elect to go uninsured right. and not choose a plan. Uh, when you want to really look at your drug cost comparison, it's when you're trying to compare between one particular company and another. Right. And so you're able to actually put your prescriptions in. The Medicare plan finder uh, will actually compare that for you. And you can put the list of drugs and it will make suggestions to you on what might be the best plan for you. So that's a great place to start without feeling like you're under sales pressure right. of an insurance advisor or right. someone else. Right. So it's a great place to get educated. Right. And the Medicare and You book, 
right. that's published each year is a tremendous resource. I use it in most all my sales presentations because it is neutral. It's not company specific, and it's the Medicare rules. And you have a copy of that sitting there. Is, I, is that I, it? I do. I call it my Medicare Bible. And it comes out. Uh, uh, show me the cover there, so you can. So that's the 2020 version. That's the 2020 version. It's put out version. by CMS, who we just talked about. It's Medicare and you and People who are on Medicare will get that every year, will they not? Is they that, they, yeah, sure they do. should get that. It's an annual publication, and it tells you what's new with Medicare. It talks to you about all the coverages within the different parts of Medicare. It talks about how you qualify. The All the structure with Medicare is included in this handy guideline booklet, and it's easy to read. It has that was an my index next tab. Question. Oh, well, I'm glad I no, could anticipate ahead, yeah. that. But yes, it tells you all, it has an index. And any topic that you want to research, you'll find it in this booklet if it pertains to Medicare and the different parts and questions that are specific to your specific needs as a Medicare recipient. And, and they call it Medicare Entitled. Right. And, and so uh, if you'll see Medicare Entitled or you're entitled to Medicare, that's the phrase word that they use is Medicare Entitlement. Right. And you can you can go on CMS website and order one if you're not even in, in Medicare and they will send it to you. They sure will. Or you can actually view it online. Oh, can't. There so you if go. you've misplaced your copy or you're traveling and you have a question, you didn't take your book with you, it's viewable online as a, as a PDF Word document. So you can look at it and view any topic. It's a great resource, easily written, that you can understand uh, what it's trying to tell you or get additional guidance once you read a topic. So this this uh, uh, Medicare prescription drug card, you're a, you're a proponent of advising your, your, your clients or sitting with them and going on that website to, to look at the prescription drug card for their specific formularies to be able to really get a lot of good information. For, and where they are, where they're located, what part of the country they're, all that has, has a lot to do with it. It sure does. And so it's, it's very complex. Let's, let's talk. So we've talked about A, it's in hospital. We've talked about part B, which is services. D is prescription drug. And we skipped C. So what's, what's the deal with C? Well, when I'm meeting with clients, I try to, to pair that together in the conversation. Uh, and one thing about Medicare, if you're marketing and selling Medicare products, it's very highly regulated right. on what you can talk about and when. Right. So when I make an appointment with someone that says, I want to talk about a, a Medicare supplement card and a drug card, then I try to put those two conversations together because the Medicare Advantage conversation needs to happen under CMS guidelines in a different setting and a different time. Goodness gracious. It's very different they want to make sure that consumers are protected right. and that they are given the correct information. And if you talk about all this at one time, it's very confusing. So I try to follow CMS guidelines between talking about all of these different products at the same time. So we like to try to do a separate appointment for that, even if it's the next day or later in the day, so that they can digest the differences in that. So and you can see uh, the different parts of Medicare, they're going to work differently when we start talking about a Medicare Advantage here in just a moment. Well, see, that's, that's interesting. Uh, I know when you were here working with us with our CISR Life and Health Essentials program, uh, you uh, shared with me that you were updating your certification this year with with uh, with Medicare, with CMS. And so you have to do that every year to be in this market. 
and these are the these are the things that you learn and these are the things that you have to abide by the rules yes. that you you have to talk about medicare advantage in a separate conversation than original medicare yes. that's very interesting so let's let's talk for a second uh, just to kind of uh, talk about what it is let's have that separate conversation about Medicare Advantage okay. just for a moment before we drill down into it. Yes, Medicare Advantage uh, takes all the parts of Medicare, including Part A Hospital, Part B for outpatient services, your Part D prescription drug plan, and it combines that all into one product called Medicare Advantage. And the advantage to the members or to consumers is that you have one card. It works differently. Instead of coordinating with the red, white, and blue card when you go to the uh, doctor or the physician to receive services, it now pays instead of Medicare. Goodness. So you will keep your red, white, and blue card because there are additional services and times that you will have broader services through Medicare than you might through the Blue Advantage. So let's keep that statement just as a broad statement there. Right. But ideally, it takes the place of your red, white, and blue cards. So don't destroy it. But when you go to the doctor, you will use that Medicare Advantage plan. Those are offered by private insurance companies who must abide by Medicare guidelines. The biggest fear I see when my consumers is, well, is that am I still going to get the same services that I had with my red, white, and blue card? And the answer to that is yes, yes, and yes, because they have to provide at least as good of a benefit as what the Medicare red, white, and blue card paid. So you never have to worry about receiving fewer services. In fact, the Advantage plan oftentimes provides additional services such as vision and dental and other products based on individual company uh, products that they have filed and the services that they do, but you will never have fewer services than what you would have had with your red, white, and blue Medicare card when you buy an Advantage. That's interesting. That's, that's, uh, so, it, so there truly are two Medicare programs. There's the original and the Advantage program. That's correct. And, and we're seeing, we're going to talk about this in a moment, but we're seeing uh, because of the time of year that it is, we're seeing a lot of ads on TVs about Medicare Advantage yes. and Medicare supplements and those kinds of things. But that's that's the difference as we go through. I, the, the more you the more you talk about these things, I I think the more important it is to recognize that you really need an advisor to sit across from you that has my best interest at heart that's going to help me navigate through this as we go forward. So as we, as we understand the programs and we look at Medicare eligibility and signing up, uh, I always talk about people that when you're, when you're 64 and a half, your mailbox starts getting stuffed with sometimes pre-filled out applications for Medicare supplements or Medicare, what do I need to do and when do I need to join? So mm -hmm. let's, let's talk about the, uh, the uh, I'm, I'm approaching age 65. Uh, uh, maybe I'm not receiving Social Security or uh, railroad retirement benefits, which are part of that whole program. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's talk about signing up. How do, how do, I, how do I do that? And where, when do I do that? And, and, and what does it look like? Uh, prior to turning age 65, uh, you have what's called an initial coverage election period. 
That's when it's referred to as the guaranteed issue enrollment time for you. Meaning I'm not going to, nobody's going to ask me my health questions. That's exactly right. Uh, regardless of, of either program, you'll have no health questions and no pre-existing exclusions that apply to you during this initial coverage election period. It actually is stated as this, uh, prior to your 65th birthday month, three months prior, during your birthday months, and three months following your uh, 65th birthday month is this initial coverage election period when you can sign up for Part A, uh, you can sign up for Part B if you're not still working. We'll talk about that. Right. And you can enroll in a Medicare supplement or a Medicare Advantage plan. So this is the only time that you have a guaranteed issue period in the initial coverage election period. So that is what that's referred to with no health questions. We're going to talk about some different things before everybody says that's not true. Uh, there's special election periods that we'll talk about as we go, but the initial coverage election period is when I'm aging into Medicare and I have full guaranteed issue rights. Got it. Got it. And so I'm, you know, I, I go through a process. If I'm, if I'm not receiving Social Security benefits and I sign up for Medicare Part A and Part B, then how do I pay that premium for part for part B? Is that do I have to write them a check every month? Can I do how, how does that work? Uh, when you're first signing up and you're signing up for Social Security, uh, you'll if you've already worked, you'll sign up for Part A uh, free benefits, no premium required for that. Your Part B is uh, actually withheld out of your uh, check, your Social Security check. You can have that withheld, uh, and that premium will come out of your Social Security benefit check if, when you sign up for Part B, and that's one way that you can pay for that premium. You can also enroll for Medicare uh, at a local Social Security office, or you can enroll online. We had a podcast uh, uh, with uh, our, our good friend Charlie Matioski talking about retirement, and, and he was talking about the advantages of postponing Social Security until age 70. So if I go into Medicare at 65 and I postpone receiving Social Security to age 70, I can still do that. You sure can. At 65. And then I have to pay the premiums for the Part B, write a check to do that. And, that's and, and, and that's the way that goes since there's no... But then when I become, when I start receiving my Social Security, then that Medicare is deducted from my Social Security check. That's correct. Every month. That's correct. Yes, if you haven't, if you've delayed enrollment in Social Security, certainly you can receive a bill each month, and I think you can even establish an electronic draft if you prefer. Right. Right. So we talk about. I love your term aging into Social Security because that's really the, where the majority of people. I mean, into Medicare. Excuse me. That's where the majority. Well, you can age into both Social Security and, 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 and that's Medicare. That's correct. That's so correct. that was a true statement. Yes. The, the um, uh, so, but there's ways to become Medicare eligible before I'm age 65, uh, and the and and the number one uh, uh, issue that comes up for people. Help it talk about that just for a moment. If I haven't aged into Medicare, if I am receiving and have been awarded Social Security disability um, checks or Social Security disability status. You know, we start receiving a check for that once we're awarded that. Uh, there's a process it goes through, but you start getting a check from Social Security for your disability payments. What doesn't happen immediately is your eligibility for Medicare uh, health insurance coverage. Uh, 
Currently, Medicare has a 24-month waiting period before you're eligible for the medical part of Medicare. So I have a 24-month wait, even though I'm getting a check for disability each month. It's 24 months after I've already been approved for Social Security disability. That's, that's correct. It's 24 months after you've been approved, and it starts the 25th month that you get medical insurance. So we find that many of these folks are either on Medicaid or they have no insurance coverage at all, and they're forced to go to the insurance marketplace uh, to purchase coverage, that which may be unaffordable to them if they're not eligible for Medicaid. But we find that a lot of times uh, people are ab able to get it through Medicaid if they're eligible. But we know that there's income and limited resource limits for that, sure. which are beyond the, this podcast today. Right, right. But certainly that's something that people do are not aware. Uh, they think when they get their disability and approve for that and get their check, that they get the medical portion also. But there is a 24-month waiting period for that, and it would start the 25th month after disability that you would become eligible for your Medicare health insurance benefits. So let's <clears throat> disability benefits are. I have a. I have. A, I'm very interested in those as we we deal with our our clients or so who who have these issues. <clears throat> we know that Social Security disability is probably one of the most uh, difficult. Uh, uh, programs to get uh, to, to 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 become eligible for, mm -hmm. and that the waiting period for that is five months. So I have a five month waiting period before I become eligible for. I have to be disabled for five months to become eligible for Social Security for your disability My check. disability check. Yes, for your. So check. then after I get that disability check, I have another twenty four months. Twenty four months. Goodness gracious. So that's that's a long period of time, and many people aren't aware of that that's how this works they are and right. how it goes. And, and so I guess the other side of this is if I have individual disability income coverage, and let's say my definition of disability is my own occupation. I'm unable to perform my own occupations. I'm deemed disabled under my personal disability income. That does not mean that I'm eligible for Medicare. Uh, very good point. Certainly, those are two different definitions of disability. Right. So I have my own individual policy or even my group policy through work that I may be getting some portion of disability for. They have a different definition. We know the Social Security definition, to paraphrase, I'm not quoting exactly, but it is that you are unable to perform any duties for gainful employment. Right. And they have a broad definition of that. So uh, rightfully so, uh, they do make sure that you are disabled and unable to perform any duties that qualify you for employment. And that's how the Social Security disability uh, parameters are set. They want right. to make sure that you're truly eligible for and duly uh, deserve the disability payment. But it certainly makes the process, we know that the process may take years before you're eligible for disability. Right. And people that I know and even family members, you know, by the time you're approved for Social Security disability, the financial ruin may have already occurred. Absolutely. So you need to be aware of this process. If you have clients who say, well, I'm applying for Social Security disability, like it's just a matter of time and I'll, this will be taken, this 
circumstance will be removed from me, please educate your clients that this can be a process. So right. you, you need to be prepared for that financially and from a medical insurance perspective, that even, even if you're approved, you still have a wait uh, for medical benefits before they are imposed and, and available to you. And I know that there are uh, some other uh, areas. Uh, uh, we talk about uh, uh, TRICARE. We talk about the VA. Uh, tell us a little bit about what, what is TRICARE. I know those who are uh, uh, covered by it know exactly what it is, but what help, help the rest of us understand what it is. Well, TRICARE <laughs> is the health insurance program for active military uh, duty members and their families. And generally, uh, you will want to enroll in Part A when you're first eligible to keep your TRICARE, but you're not usually required to enroll in Part B. Uh, but you need to contact the Department of Veterans Affairs to make sure your own situation uh, is handled in this manner. So we're not telling you not to seek additional resources. Right. But generally with Veterans Affairs, they think that that uh, is deemed as credible coverage if I'm, a, if I'm a veteran prior to aging into Medicare at age 65 or becoming eligible for disability, when we're looking at credible coverage, one thing we encourage veterans to uh, identify and search out the facts about is that the medical insurance through TRICARE or the VA, uh, TRICARE may be credible, but the VA coverage is not credible when it comes to the healthcare portion. It is credible for prescription drug coverage but it is not deemed credible health coverage when it comes to going without other health insurance. So that's one of the phases that we see some, some issues come up for our veterans, and we do appreciate their service and hard work, and there are programs available to them, and we do appreciate what they do. But when you're dealing with veterans, if you're an advisor uh, or if you're an, a, a veteran listening, you happen to be both, uh, just be aware that these are a different set of benefits. Uh, the Department of Veterans affairs can help you with that but these rules are a little different so you want to make sure that you follow those guidelines for TRICARE and VA benefits uh, handled just a little differently. Let, I want to I want to you, you used a term here when you were talking about TRICARE and Veterans Affairs what does credible mean? Credible for what? When we're talking about credible coverage, we're usually talking about that concerning veterans or people who are actually remaining in the work for, workforce past age 65. Uh, and when we're looking at credible coverage, we're saying, does the coverage you currently have pay at least as good as what Medicare would? So when we talk about having credible coverage, we want to make sure that the insurance you're using uh, prior to receiving Medicare is deemed as good as what Medicare would have paid. So that's what we mean by credible. And so coverage. that means whether or not I can become, when I get involved, when I join Medicare, become, enroll in Medicare, let me put it that mm -hmm. way, when I enroll in Medicare. Then right. That would, I, I could keep my old coverage if it's at least as good. If it's not, then I have to come into the whole program. That, that's right. That's and, it. And you avoid additional penalties right. uh, when you do choose to enroll that may be imposed based on your individual situation. And, and I'm also aware that there are a couple of uh, very serious illnesses that will allow me to automatically become eligible for Medicare. Uh, that's right. Uh, there is a 
ALS, uh, which is the amyotrophic lateral sclerosis known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Right. You have end-stage renal disease, which is a kidney disease. Right. And those type of have their own eligibility uh, circumstances and rules that apply to them. Right. So if you have that, you want to look at the different Medicare plans that are available for you. Right. And uh, one important thing I want to talk about before we leave the VA coverage is that VA does not coordinate with Medicare, but it can be used simultaneously. Really? So they stand independent of one another. So you'll have VA services that are better than Medicare, and then you'll have some, uh, or pays differently than Medicare, but they do not coordinate, but they pay simultaneously. So I just wanted to point that out before we leave VA. Goodness. But, but certainly, you can see why uh, CMS regulates the sale and service of Medicare-related products because there are so many moving parts and facts. It is. And, and you can see now why I use the guide. Uh, if there's, uh, because uh, as you mentioned, prior to turning age 65, the six months before, I get all kinds of information and I can get very confused. So the Absolutely. first the first thing that I want to do is say someone said or I read. Uh, so I like to use that because we can't always remember what we talk about. But I, I like to give them helpful pages uh, when they come in uh, to seek guidance in this area. Please refer to it. If someone says, verify that with the facts of, of the book. And one of the things when I'm meeting with my Medicare eligible recipients, I encourage them, don't come here with the pressure of buying today. Let, let's get educated on what our choices are. Every individual has special circumstances, so let's see what yours are and what your neighbor has may not be best for you. So if there's anything we can uh, encourage our advisors that might be listening today is every individual stands on their own uh, set of circumstances. So we want to make sure we give them the facts relating to their medical needs and finances and what their, their specific needs are as they move forward into this important milestone of their of their working career and of their life. It's a milestone. You know, people Absolutely. look forward to retirement and they think it's all going to be taken care of. Right. But we see here that there's premiums associated with retiring. Right. And that if you don't plan adequately for these and the set of circumstances, whether it's disability related or aging in, there's important facts you need to know and preparation. This isn't a one day, give me a quote on this, please. Uh, there's additional research and education that must take place for you to feel comfortable in your retirement years that your medical needs are taken care of. So it's an important part of what advisors do is becoming educated and helping your clients understand these moving parts of Medicare. See, you've just told me several things. First of all, you've told me Maybe I need to sit down with an advisor like Cindy who understands what the, what the programs are, works in this marketplace every day, and maybe that's who I need to sit with instead of picking up the phone and calling that 800 number and talking to some obscure person on the other end of the phone. And the second thing you just said was, and it's what we teach in Dynamics of Selling, which is part of the National Alliance's program, is you are there as a consultant and an advisor. And it's so important for you to glean my concerns, where I am, what's going on with me, not just give me a cookie cutter, one size fits all kind of a program, because that's not how it works. And it, 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 if, you can, if you know what your, you know, the advantages for you to get in these programs with the advice of someone, as you just said, 
you're not there to make a sale for me in the beginning. You're there to find out what's going on. We call that in dynamics our diagnostic appointment questionnaire. That's what you're doing. You're having a diagnostic appointment with a Medicare person, a, medic, a person that's eligible for Medicare, right. to find out what's going on. That's and right. that is so critical. And this is this is the value that that our participants in the National Alliance really bring to the table. And again, uh, those who have large blocks of personal lines uh, accounts, those who have uh, uh, small commercial even, uh, that, that are out there, their agencies, uh, uh, their clients really need their expertise in this marketplace with these things going on. Because if you said, it's rather complex and it's not, it's not, you just don't go in, press a button and move. And, and, and to have this advice is important. That's one of the reasons um, technology is driving a lot of things on the internet right. and instant instant access and instant results. But that's one of the reasons in my practice, uh, as it's developed from property and casualty into employee benefits, that I find in the Medicare market, if you still like dealing across the table like you and I are today, right. the Medicare market is where that is still appreciated very much. Someone to talk to, someone that they can ask questions of, that they know they can come by the office if they have a question. Because when we get um, older and we're eligible for these things, we need answers. And we, it is a lot of information to dissect. So if this is a, if you're mainly, regardless of your current practice management and what you're focusing on for your clients, this is something if you're not doing it now, consider it consider getting at least someone in your agency to do it. If you don't have that um, knowledge skill base now, do that or partner. I do a lot of partnering with direct agents who do not direct around our agents and independent agents too, right. that are in the property and casualty or other market segments. And they value putting their clients in front of someone that's a National Alliance educated uh, seller of these products. Right, I'm, right. I'm, advisor. I'm, advisor, thank right, you. Right. I, I lost my wording. Right. But an, an advisor that they know they can trust right. that's going to take care of their clients. Right. And it's a partnership. Right. So those referrals from one professional to another are important. And that's why these education courses that we do are so critical to learning not only information about products, but how to identify and sell to these individuals. Right. Now, you... You, and, 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 and one of the things I should look for when I'm looking for an advisor in the Medicare market is we talked about your current certification. You can't sell these programs and you can't advise with these programs like we talked about. I can't talk about original at the same time I talk about advantage. You have to understand the rules and then you have to under, be able to deliver that in a manner that I understand it. And so that you're able to give me the best advantage that I have with regard to how right. these programs work. But you have to have somebody who is licensed, who has their current certification, who everybody knows what's going on, not just someone who says, oh, yeah, I can do this and, right. and have that. So, so again, it's, it, it's critical. Um, the, these, these enrollment periods that we look at, uh, I know we have an initial enrollment period. Uh, we talked about uh, how that works, uh, the, uh, the, the special enrollment periods. Let's talk about that for a minute and just what is that? What is a special enrollment period? The special enrollment period is a time when I've had other credible coverage that I am losing. Uh, we talked about credible 
credible coverage being employer-provided coverage. This is a time when you are losing coverage through several different resources. You're losing employer-based coverage where I've continued working past age 65 and I've kept their plan. When I lose that coverage or any time while I'm actively working, I have what's called a special enrollment period where I can enroll in Medicare without a penalty, and that qualifies me for a special enrollment period. And it's an eight-month window after my employment ends that allows me to enroll in Medicare Parts A or B. I usually don't incur a late enrollment penalty, but one of those requirements to avoid a late enrollment period is it has to be credible. And we defined that earlier, that that employer-provided plan must have paid and be deemed credible to pay as good as Medicare. And especially on the prescription drugs drug side. Uh, So those uh, plans have to be credible. You're like, how do I know that? Well, every October 15th, an employer must present you with notification on whether your coverage is credible to Medicare. And that's a letter that goes to anyone who is actively working past age 65 so that you are aware of whether your plan is deemed credible regarding Medicare. So that's a letter that you get. So it doesn't go to everybody. Doesn't like go here to here at the National Alliance. We have most of the most of the people that work here at the National Alliance are not age sixty-five. There are a few that are, and those are the ones that get that every October fifteenth. That's correct. The, so the, that the people informed. that are over age sixty-five, so that they're informed that they do have credible. That they do coverage. have a notice. And one important note about that is a, a lot of people will say, well, I've got retiree coverage or I've got insurance coverage through the marketplace. Right. So we want people to be careful that that a special election period, that credible coverage, there are certain categories of coverage such as COBRA. Yes. Such as retiree coverage, uh, including the individual marketplace, may not be credible to Medicare. So you want to make sure before you let a prolonged time go by after you turn 65 that your program that you're currently in is deemed credible to Medicare to avoid any additional penalties that you may have. Cobra, we're not talking about reptiles. Cobra, we are not talking about reptiles. And we do use acronyms in this business, don't we? Yes, we do. So we are talking about... COBRA, which is the Consolidated Omnibus Reconciliation Act. And all that's simply saying is that when I leave my employer, I have a right to continue the current plan I'm on with certain changes that they're allowed to make during open enrollment and in consequential years, that that plan is provided to me and I can keep that coverage for a certain amount of time. But when it comes to credible coverage, Medicare does not recognize that COBRA extension of coverage is credible. So all of these are milestones within the employment environment right. that you are aware of because right. we're looking at those that are usually actively working, actively employed, and that's one of the key terms that we're looking at when we're looking at credible coverage. I'm still actively at work or a recipient on a family member's plan. So there's very many rules and wordings, so it can get very complicated. That's why it's very important and why the Medicare requires the credentialing that I call it and that you go through this every year so that you stay compliant with Medicare rules and guidelines. But the special election period is granted for people who have been actively at work, stayed on their employer plan, gives you a special time to enroll when you are still actively at work and have group health insurance. The longer this podcast goes on, the more I recognize the importance of an advisor who is in this business and is practicing and current and knows what's going on because of all these little nuances that are there. 
that we that, that, that we sit here and face that we don't even know. Yes, we don't even know it. Uh, the, the enrollment, the, the general enrollment period. What is that? This is for people who did not qualify for a special election period. And this is a time when they can enroll, and it's a different time frame. So it establishes that every January 1st through March 31st, if I miss the other opportunities for enrollment, in other words, I didn't enroll during an initial coverage election period when I aged into Medicare eligibility, right, right. and I did not have a qualifying special election period where I lost employer coverage or other credible coverage, right. general enrollment allows me to enroll January the 1st through December 31st. And, but my coverage does not start until through March 31st. Oh, oh pardon me. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. January 1st through March, March 31st. 31st. There we go. I can enroll in, in Medicare. Right. But it does not start until July 1st. Right, right. Now keep in mind, this does not mean that it's penalty free. So if you should have enrolled earlier and that you thought you were okay when it comes to penalties, and there are Part B, as in baby, Part B penalties. Right. There's Part D prescription drug penalties. So these can be very important to you that you are aware that you, of all of these opportunities to make sure that your coverage is credible, especially if you elect not to enroll when you age in for whatever reason that is. So these are important guidelines. But there is an opportunity to enroll during the general enrollment period to sign up for Part A if it wasn't free, and also Part B. So uh, it's kind of a safety net that says this is if you miss these, then we'll let you do it during this period mm -hmm. every year. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that, that's the safety net that's out that's there. That's the safety net, yes. Well, Cindy, I'm, I watch TV and, and uh, watch the, 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 the business shows in the morning, and, and it is. Don't watch October. the business shows in the it morning. Is, it, 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 <laughs> <clears throat> well, I guess I we should. do get information. Though. Right, right. Yes, we do. I should watch. I should watch the sports shows. I guess. <laughs> but even on the sports shows, it is October the ninth, and all of a sudden, starting probably a month ago, every other commercial has to do with something about Medicare, something about Medicare Advantage, something about we see all these former sports stars, we see the eight hundred numbers, we see all these. Actors and that endorsement people all over the yeah. place. Why is this getting so uh, prevalent now this time of the year on October the 9th? What's coming next week? Well, beginning on October the 15th. Which is six days from now. Six days from now. I hope to be very, very busy uh, because this is what's called the open enrollment period. And this is when anyone who currently has a Medicare plan can change that plan can change uh, supplement plans. Uh, they can change prescription drug card plans. They can even change advantage plans if they want to during this open enrollment period. This is a very important time because every year that we enroll, we make decisions probably based on our current health. Right. We may choose one drug plan over another because, hey, at the time I enrolled last year, I didn't have any health concerns. So this is very important that you have opportunities to change from one plan to another and this I hesitate to use the word guaranteed issue, but it has tremendous flexibility to change from one plan to another. We have to be careful, though, that any time we improve our coverage from one plan to another, that health insurance companies can require additional underwriting questions. So as long as I move from one Medicare supplement carrier to another, no problem if I still keep the same plan I have. But any time I go from one that had fewer benefits to one that had more, 
there may be additional underwriting questions that are available, but this is an open enrollment period, and it's a very important time for every Medicare beneficiary who's chosen a, a plan to choose and look at their current plan. Also, during open enrollment is where we learn our beneficiaries are getting their annual notice of change. So some plans may have stopped providing benefits. There may be additional benefits. Especially important is to look at formulary or the list of drugs that may have changed. Part D. And Part D. Right. Uh, th that's where I see the most emphasis is on Part D, making sure that the medicine that I take is still listed and covered by my plan and to see if my copay's changed, whether right. that's a fixed copay or whether the percentage that I'm going to pay is more. Right. So that those are fluid. Uh, this is not a once and done purchase. We have to still be educated and we try to meet with all of our clients to make sure we're providing our role as an advisor to make sure that they're aware of this open enrollment. And very seldom is there any way they're not aware. Right. It's that they may not be aware of all the changes of their particular sure. plan. Sure. Well, there's some, uh, you know, we look at, so I can go from uh, the original plan, a, a plan A, a plan B, a plan D with a prescription drug. And during this period, I could make a, an advantage selection and say, I want to go into Medicare Advantage because of whatever there may be premium differences. It may be additional benefits, vision, dental, other things that are there uh, we're seeing. So I'm able, now, am I able to go from an original to an advantage. Can I do that in this in this open enrollment period? I can go from an original Medicare supplement, right. original Medicare with a Medicare supplement, supplement with a Medicare supplement to an advantage plan. And and I can do that during this open enrollment period. Okay. Uh, I can also change from one particular insurance company Medicare supplement plan. There's ten different letters. Right. A through N. We know that those specific letters have the same set of benefits no matter where I purchase it from, right. but the premiums may be different. So I might find that the particular company I'm associated with had a premium adjustment that another provider may have a more competitive premium. That's a reason I can change from uh, plan F, plan D, plan G to another Medicare supplement provider. It's also important to know that if my plan is no longer going to be offered next year, that I may have to choose a new plan if I want to as a result of that premium adjustment. So sometimes there will be changes made to where different states no longer offer specific plans. So that'll be also a time when I may have to choose a new plan that I'm in or keep it with a premium change or something like that. And we are facing that in 2020. What's happening January 2020? January the 1st, 2020. January the 1st, 2020, uh, Medicare will no longer offer Medicare Plan F in most states. Now, Medicare Plan F, one of the things it does is provide for the payment of the Part B deductible, which is currently, I believe, at $185.50. And those are services. Those are those doctor's visits, and, and that, that's okay. Yes, that's for that. Right. Also, some <clears throat> states may not offer Plan C, which also provides for that Part B deductible payment. Right. So those plans are going away in most states. So we'll find that members can keep those plans. They're, they'll have what's called grandfather status. Right. Now those plan benefits will stay the same right. under the grandfather status, but that doesn't mean the premiums will. And we've discussed that. We and were talking we about discussed that before. Yes. yes. That we, that's, that's the big question going forward is how expensive are those plans going to be? And we know that a plan F is really the most popular plan that's out there 
right now yes. because it, it, the benefits are so broad and pays everything. It's, it's people tell me many times, best health insurance I ever had was Medicare with my plan F because I don't have to pay anything. And it's even better than what I had when I was working or when I had this. Mm-hmm. And, and again, those benefits are so are so broad, they're, they're so inclusive, that now the question is going to be, how expensive is that Plan F going to be going forward? Because while the benefits are locked, the premiums are not, and they can go up next year. Right. So we don't know that. That's out there. Yes. So it becomes a math problem. It right. may be a coverage that I would like to have. But it may be that it's too cost. It is not no longer cost effective for me. That I may look at an alternative. When am I going to know what the new premiums are? Do we know? We know those now. Do we? Uh, we do know those now during open enrollment. So we have to have all new plan materials. That's part of what we learned through credentialing. Right. And you're only submitted those materials as an advisor when you've completed that. Okay. So those carriers monitor that. They get a report from uh, Medicare that you've completed that and you'll get your enrollment uh, tools provided. So that's why it's very important. This is a very busy time for advisors meeting with their clients. Right. They're also published on Medicare. Right. Uh, they're in, uh, uh, they'll have different plans, although they won't have company-specific premiums. But uh, I, I correct myself on that. This Medicare and New Book, Yes. Uh, it's also an important guide because in the very back, it will have each state-specific plan regarding supplements, Medicare Part D prescription drug plans and the Advantage plans in each state. So you can actually, there's no reason to call all these different numbers. They actually have the plans and some plan specifics in this Medicare new booklet. So it's a great tool to see what other plans are available in your in your particular state. So January the 1st, I can be grandfathered in a plan F or a plan C. Mm-hmm. But if I'm newly eligible next year, I cannot enroll in those plans. I can't get that. No. Well, what do you think? What 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 is your your crystal ball? We all advisors they all accuse us of having crystal balls, vision, yeah. looking into the future. What do you think is going to be the plan that replaces a plan F or plan C? What are you hearing, and what do you believe? Well, we look at Plan G, mm-hmm. the standardized platform for that. Right. And currently, it plays pays everything that Plan F did other than the Part B deductible. Okay. So we think that will be a natural transition. Right. And when you look at the monthly premium difference, you'll see that that $185 uh, is, you save that with the premium change, with the plan change. So that's the deductible. That's the that's deductible, the deductible that, that you're protecting. That's right. That's so it. a lot of times it will come a math problem between those two products right. or different product lines that you're looking at. But the closest plan to that uh, to, for the same benefits is the plan G, which does not cover that deductible, but with a lot of different companies, that pricing is different. That's what will vary. So you will need to check with a particular company that you're currently with and let your advisor uh, look through other plan options and other additional premium options that you may have in your local area. So if I have a plan G, when I say plan G, that just tells me what the benefits are. That's right. But I can buy that plan G from company A, B, C, D, whoever that is, and those premiums may change based on what the company that I'm, I'm, I'm purchasing it from, but the benefits of a G are going to be the same no matter where I buy them. That's exactly right. That's what makes this so easy to understand. That's why Medicare has tried to make this simple 
complicated but yet simple so that when you have a plan G with one company A, that plan G set of benefits is the same with company B. But you're right, the, the plan premium can be different on a Medicare supplement. And so will the Part D premiums by carrier. And so will their formulary. So the, the Part D prescription drug plan, we talked about the four parts of Part D prescription drug right, a while ago. Right. Those are consistent. The deductible is an optional part that some companies have a deductible that applies, some don't. Some will apply it to other than generics, some won't. So there are company specifics, so you need to be watching for those on behalf of your clients. And, and if you're looking at that purchase yourself, if you're sitting here, well, I'm, I'm getting ready for that, then then you have a, you have a lot of educating to do. And, sure. and talking to an advisor would be the first place I would suggest that you start. I'm going to date myself. I remember before these letter plans, Yes. that really simplified the process. I can remember going in and speaking with people who had 10 and 11 different Medicare supplement plans that they'd have. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous, the, the different programs they had, mm -hmm. because it was not standardized. Mm -hmm. And when they standardized them by letters, it took all that away. Yes. It took all these, for lack of a better term, uh, unscrupulous salespeople that were out there doing things that maybe they shouldn't have been doing. So it added conformity to it. And certainly the certification uh, to be able to work in this market has also helped with regard to managing the knowledge of the people you're going to, which is very critical. I think it's critical. Uh, we know that uh, elderly uh, consumers are most likely to be taken advantage of statistically. Right. And so uh, we applaud the efforts, or I do. I applaud the I efforts. I totally Not, agree. You know, the National Alliance hasn't gone on, but I, 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 I conform to those requirements. I think they're necessary. Uh, there's a lot of marketing regulations that CMS sets forth. Right. Uh, it's such as cold calling and going door to door. Absolutely. Uh, so um, I, I just know that when my grandparents got older, anyone knocks on the door, it was it was considered a treat. You know, we had a visitor, and they would just welcome you in, and they had a pie on the table. You shared the pie. Right. You right, know. So, right. but these types of sales, we want to make sure that these are generated first by the customer that they're interested. Right. So, uh, I, I I concur with the conformities and with the requirements to make sure that you are educated. Let's let's talk real briefly as we as we kind of go to the to the end of our podcast we've been speaking about penalties yes. and you've talked a lot about that and, and and this is where i really believe that advisors uh, uh can come in and help and people who've missed uh speak to really uh, just i don't i don't want to really get down deep in these but but I know there's a penalty for Part A, there's one for Part B, and these penalties all involve late enrollments. They do. And so the A, B, and D is the one where it comes up a lot. And, and, and again, because seniors are so sensitive to prescription drug costs yes. and the premiums of these things, uh, uh, you don't see the penalties so much in A and B because people will get in, enrolled in those. Mm -hmm. speak, to, speak to the Part D penalty a little bit and tell us uh, 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 very briefly, if it's possible, how those work. <laughs> well, the Part D prescription drug plan, uh, it goes back to having the, if I'm actively working past age 65, I get that credible coverage letter. I can usually avoid that Part D premium if I'm still working and have that coverage letter that my coverage is credible. But a lot of people that I meet at age 65, they may be healthy. They may not want to purchase a prescription drug plan because they're not on any medication. Right. But what they need to understand that you have a 1% penalty per month 
for every month you should have enrolled or could have enrolled in a Part D prescription drug plan and you chose not to. This is a cumulative penalty and it is a permanent penalty. It doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. And it's not based on that $14 lowest premium that you might have access to in your state through some provider. It's based on the national average prescription drug premium. Goodness. So that penalty, if I work and, you know, if it's 24 months, say I wait two years, that's a 24% penalty on my Part D prescription drug plan premium. And that's the national average premium. It is permanent and it is on my prescription drug plan. Goodness gracious. So uh, you, you better enroll in that prescription drug plan as soon as you're eligible or you're going to be paying a higher rate as you go forward all the way. Yes, just because you aren't taking medications now doesn't mean that will be what's standard through the uh, future years. So if there is a lower premium, I encourage people to just purchase the lowest premium because remember that's what's so significant about open enrollment. Right. If I, if I am diagnosed with an illness that now requires me to take uh, specialty drugs or expensive drugs, I can change that plan every year during my open enrollment. And so even though I chose one plan last year, if my health needs are different, I can choose another plan during this open enrollment. That's why this is so important with open enrollment to look at your Part D prescription drug plan. Right. I want to touch on one last thing. And again, this, this, this kind of ties into uh, what we talk about with retirement. And we, we, we know we see this uh, going forward uh, is people working past age 65 and they're still covered under their employer's plan. How does that work with regard to Medicare? We've touched on it a little bit, but it kind of explain to me what I have to do. Uh, Medicare has rules uh, about still working and you're covered by your employer's group health plan. You're allowed to do that as long as that employer plan is credible to Medicare, meaning the prescription drug coverage is, paid, is expected to pay at least as good as Medicare. So as long as it's credible coverage, I have that special enrollment period when I leave that employer or any time during it that I can enroll in Medicare. So it, it has those parameters so that I can keep on working. And that is the new normal today. People are not retiring at age 65 right. for whatever reason. Right. So they need to be aware of I've these. I've read about that. <laughs> they, they need to be aware of these deadlines. I do encourage groups that I have, because I work in the group market too, that we meet with those folks when they turn age 65 and see what their plan is right. so that we can help them gauge that interest. So when they leave that employer, they have that special enrollment period. As long as it's credible, they won't incur any penalties when they leave that employer. But if they keep working and just delay enrollment and they do not have credible coverage, then there can be the Part B penalty, which is 10% for each 12-month penalty I couldn't enroll. Or they can have the Part D prescription penalty, which is the 1% cumulative penalty that's punitive and it's permanent. So they can incur these penalties. But so the biggest thing is to check with your employer to make sure that your current coverage election is credible to Medicare. And right. if not, you need to talk with an advisor or with Medicare specifically about your particular situation and enrolling to, to avoid those penalties. So Cindy, if you had to, to just pick one question that you get asked uh, uh, most often about this navigating of uh, Medicare, what, what would that question be? I guess the most important question I have is the confusion about when am I supposed to do what? 
Uh, so what are all these different enrollment periods and how do I know what applies to me? So I try to just cover them all with you and we'll just step through those briefly here for a moment. But our initial coverage election period is when we age into Medicare, either through the normal process of, of our development as adults and we age in when we turn 65, or we are disabled and we're now in our 25th month and we're now eligible for the health insurance part. So at that time, we have a decision to make uh, to enroll or not to enroll. So there's significant consequences for not enrolling in your initial coverage period that we've already talked about. So that's the first thing is, is am I eligible through the aging process or the disability eligibility? Right. The second one would be, of course, the open enrollment period. Right. What can I do during Oct October 15th through December 7th? Right. So we try to just have a information available for them so they are aware of what their changes are because this is when the changes can be made we can talk one-on-one -on -one about how their health changes may have happened although they're not required for eligibility ever uh, we, we just need to talk about the health insurance uh, uh, questions that they may have on changing plans and if they have the option to change so we look at that then there's two important things that occur January 1st through March 31st of each year and one of those is the general enrollment period. And this occurs when an individual misses the initial coverage election period, or they didn't do the SCP, they didn't do it then, and they have an opportunity to enroll into Medicare for the first time. So this general enrollment period lets uh, those individuals who miss those deadlines to enroll, but they have a future effective date of July 1. And then an important one that just started in 2019 is this Medicare Advantage open enrollment period. And this is important for a Medicare Advantage enrollees only who have didn't make an, a special election period enrollment or, a, or right. a something during an open enrollment that they can now disenroll from a Medicare Advantage plan, return to original Medicare, and purchase a Part D drug plan. So this is an important new uh, open enrollment that's for Medicare Advantage recipients only. And it just started this year. It started in 2019, and it will continue for 2020. So uh, that's been an important open election because I think it was a little confusing uh, before we, during the open enrollment on just how many changes could be made. So I like that Medicare has staged these independently of one another, and they have their own titles so we can talk about those with our clients uh, more on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Well, Cindy, this has really been an a informative uh, podcast, but the, 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 the good news is that we've covered a lot of material and we've talked about a lot of things. The bad news is we haven't talked about everything. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do another podcast uh, and we want to talk about, as you just said, Medicare Advantage. And we kind of want to do a deep dive with Medicare Advantage. We want to talk about... Uh, Medicare Advantage versus um, the, the, the supplemental coverage. And then we want to talk about something that many of us have heard about, Medicaid and how that works and, and how does that work with the, the, uh, the, the new health care reform and, 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 and the things going forward. So we have uh, several things to talk about those three yes. topics. We want to invite you back to Nat Alliance now. We're looking forward to it. And again, we can't thank you enough for what you bring to our organization and thank to you. our participants and to our, our to our industry and we really uh, we, we really thank you for that and uh, look forward to our next podcast great look forward to joining you that's it for this episode of nat alliance now and i want to thank cindy moyers for being here with us today for this discussion of medicare 
and look forward to a part two of this where we're going to do a little deeper dive into Medicare Advantages, Medicare Supplements, and Medicaid. And we look forward to having that program brought to us in part two. You can reach Cindy at Cindy, C-I-N-D-Y, dot Moyers, M-O-Y-E-R-S, at gmail.com. Tune in next time for more risk and insurance industry insights from Nat Alliance Now.